In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy Beck Did It Better. We're all the way up to album number 26. This is 1975's Horses by Patti Smith. So, guys, I, uh, I I found a new uh, a new radio station to listen to. So let's just uh... that last song went out to our old friend Russell in the Upper Midwest. That was 1993's <laughs> "Creep" by Radiohead. Oh, no. We thank you for listening to 91.69 Beck Public Radio. Up next, a classic from the Bay Area by Rosie and the mm-hmm. Rosenthal's. Their rendition of Patti Smith's <laughs> "Gloria." Of his wife grown in, oh, he's so sick. Of his wife grown in, ah, he's so sick. Of his wife young man, oh, I'm so sick. Of his wife grown in, that guy from Cotton's name is Steve. Oh, he looks so good. Oh, he looks so fine. I got this crazy feeling that I'm gonna, I'm making mine. And Rob says, not gonna take it no more. Wow. Not gonna take it no more. He pulls out oh his big God. VR and he said, oh my God, it's midnight. And my baby, through the door, she's coming to me, leaning on my couch. Oh, sit on it good. Oh, sit on it fine. She just ate some chili and uh, uh, maybe some tacos. Baby, just do it. Tell me you mind. Do what I like. Said you do what I like. I gotta see the video of you recording this and your the family is, in the car and And the away. thing is, and the thing is, F A T E F A R T. Rob likes it when they fart and cakes. So you, he loves it when they fart and cakes. F A R T, fart and cakes. Rob. Oh my God. Seriously. I knew it was F- going there and it still got me. A R T. Seriously? That, that's what does it, huh? You are one thick man. Oh my God. I pray for your soul. Rob, seriously, <laughs> you are one, one, this bastard. Oh, my God. Women who fart in cake. That is disgusting. I mean, that's worse than dirty paparash at Minola. Oh, my gosh. Farting in cake. F-A-R-T in cake. Come on, you dirty bastard. F-A-R-T in cake. Rob, you sick bastard. Rob, I am a huge fan of women. I could always go for a great piece of cake, no question about it. And nothing better than getting a good, clean fart to really expand your guts to enjoy more food. But combining all three and actually getting an arousal out of women farting in cake? Really? That is the most disgusting thing I have ever heard. 
And from this day forward, I will be looking at you in a whole new light, my friend. Rob, you're just a disgusting deviant. Just sick. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you. Something to think about. I can't tell the difference between them. Rob's fart cakes, or he can't tell his wife and sister's voice. Uh, it's a shame that's all going to be edited out. That's the worst part of that whole thing. That was fantastic. That, that was, was unbelievable. So that was made by uh, Matt, obviously. So that's great that Matt's taking over that duty every week. I think that's great, Matt. I hope that wasn't too much work. It sounds well, the great. Vocals are rosy. Was that Matt singing on that, or Aaron? Did you drop? Did you drop? You get back into your vocal? Oh, that was a collab, wasn't it? You. It was. Yeah, Matt. Matt did. Matt did all the writing. Uh, did did all the all the hard work, and I just uh, dropped in and tried to do some singing which uh, yeah i was out here in my garage uh last night uh trying to do the recording the fruit the roof was leaking in my garage so i had that going on but yeah i was doing my best but yeah all all kudos to matt on that one did you did you try singing it once in indoors and then the wife sent oh. you back to the garage oh, or not? oh that idea is so funny to me no i mean she listens to the pod so i can't spoil the surprise for her she's gonna mm. really enjoy it when she hears this you know <laughs> She's so proud. She's gonna enjoy her husband singing farts and cakes. Fart and cakes. Farts she, and cakes. she thought Aaron was out in the garage fixing the leak in the garage for four hours the other day. It turns out he was singing a song about Rob enjoying fart cakes. No, yeah, Matt, Matt gets all the cakes. writing credit, production credit, all that. Like I just, no, I just dropped in. Sounds like Aaron's trying to blame vocals. people. No, uh, not at all. No, I'm, I was a willing participant. I'm just not as creative as Matt. I'm going to say this. The, the fucked up thing about that is that's the same song Aaron sang at my wedding. So I think that was part of the problem. That's why Jenny didn't like it that much. Listen, your sister everybody. Was embarrassed. Your sister was embarrassed about you then, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I can't imagine. It, it's it's hard. You can imagine being my sister. It's not easy, you know, having to live up to this. Uh, so welcome, everybody, to the therapeutic Davenport of love. Listen, I've got four guys here who think that the land of 10,000 dances is just them grinding with different women. We've got Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? I was going to use a different quote, but I'm going to switch it up because of the intro song. Rob, I remember when this podcast was born. It was the dawn and the storm settled in your belly and you rolled in the grass and you spit out the gas and you lit the match and our listeners went flash. <laughs> you just came up with that just now. I love it. Aaron in California. Aaron, how are you doing? I think the only thing left to do is jump over the moon. So I'm excited. Let's let's have a podcast. <laughs> and I got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Excellent, Rob. Thanks for having me as always. Matt, Matt, with that earlier contribution, you could literally sit out the next four to five the whole weeks, thing, right? and you will, you right, will have hit your right, metrics. Good. Thanks, thanks. We'll see you, again. Yeah. you can sit out the last twenty-five episodes. You'll be fine. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is this is a strange. This is kind of a reversal now. We're going to do, and I, I wrote it down here so I don't keep track. We're doing a, a new segment that's called "Not Making Fun of Aaron." Oh, wonderful. You know what time it is. It's time to not make 
fun of Aaron. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. He likes it. Uh, I don't own a microwave. All right. So I have to talk about not making <laughs> fun of Aaron. That part. This is not going to be us rehashing last week's episode. We were talking earlier before we started recording how none of us can remember anything from the episode before. <laughs> but I was editing it, and I was shocked to rehear that Aaron does had never heard Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. Mm, that really still nice blows my mind. He had never heard of it. He It was the biggest song like in the 2010s. Just totally missed him for some reason. No big deal. But that's not what we're doing. We're not making fun of him for totally having that gap of knowledge. We are not making fun of Aaron. So instead, what I want to do is I want to play a little clip of a joke that Aaron had that was very, very funny. I thought Aaron didn't do jokes on this podcast. (laughs) He he made the funniest joke, and you got to hear our response. I edited, just to let you know, I edited nothing out of this. I edited, I think I edited maybe me talking over him. I don't think I edited it out though for this. So there's nothing edited. Listen to this response to Aaron's joke. I think I, know I would is. just like to return to the concept of the therapeutic Davenport of love. That that's Ooh. that. If we ever create a band, that's it. Or hey, Russell, that's why I'm gonna start calling my penis. Russell, can I get a couple shirts? <laughs> or to say that so let me let me play that again. Let me just isolate what he said about the uh, Davenport of love. Okay. That's why I'm gonna start calling my penis. <laughs> that's what i'm gonna start calling my penis now I, and then i just totally talked over him and then we totally went on and ignored that joke whatsoever so our goal for this podcast is that we're actually going to listen to each other and not and if you hear what i said oh, i was that like ain't gonna work i was like make a shirt for me that says davenport of love i was like just i just steamrolled a wonderful wonderful joke about aaron with his penis so aaron i have to say i'm really sorry i appreciate that rob i appreciate no, shut up for a second. Where did I put that <laughs> fucking up? Apo- there it is. And now an apology. I was going to say maybe this, this, better. this I'd like to tell sound like got knocked out just like McGregor not, knocked out the other night. <laughs> Beck does it better. I was going to ask if we need to switch, switch oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, apology yeah. sponsors. We're not going to have no losers on our giving out apologies. <laughs> All right. So, oh, Aaron. I appreciate that, Rob. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. That was that was hard for me to do. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. <laughs> oh, Aaron, come on. I did get that tongue clip out of it, though. So you'll be hearing that quite a bit. My favorite thing about this is we haven't even edited that episode yet, Rob. But knowing us, we're going to leave you talking in over talking over Aaron in anyways, right? Oh yeah, I thought my shirt joke was actually very good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We got to keep you got to keep that in. Yeah, I had to. All right, so that was that segment. That was hard for me to do, and you'll never hear it again. Let's go right to the email. We got an email to beckdidittbetter at gmail.com. Here we go. We have an email. Hey guys, I'm listening to my favorite Ooh. album on the list. Siamese Dream by the Smashing oh, Pumpkins sultry. and realized oh, you'll be talking pumpkins. about it in approximately six years. Oh, no. We'll be looking forward to that. It's such a great <laughs> album, totally rolling boned. I can't yeah. even imagine how many stings you'll have in the rotation by then. I love <laughs> that, that idea is very That idea is very funny to me, though. That my board that I'm looking at now, I'm just going to check. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven vertically. And then like 10 the other way. So I, I have space for like 70 different stings. And I think right now I have about 20 some. It is definitely going to fill up by that time. You've got way more than that. You've got about 38. You can have a periodic table of stings. That's what I'm going to start That's calling my penis. Joke. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. No matter what he said, I was going to say that. So I'm glad you didn't say something too offensive. I love the podcast so much. Makes me laugh until I cry. And I look forward to it every week. Thanks so much for doing it. Aaron. 
Okay, so oh, she did say so thanks nice. so much for doing it there. That was not me, by the way. <laughs> Let's ignore that. <laughs> doing it. So she good. said doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing actually about that email that it makes us want to talk about anything, but I thought what it was you, a nice What do you think the so. reference to Siamese Dreams? So I remember being in high school, and to me, the Smashing Pumpkins album that was the big one was The Infinite Sadness or whatever Melancholy, that one was, right. the double album. I thought that was yeah. the, the real crusher, wasn't it, Matt? I know Smashing Pumpkins is kind of in your wheelhouse. Yeah, well, Siamese Dream was one of my top four in the first. Remember, remember our first episode podcast? zero. Nobody I remember. Listen to that, please. Tell oh, no, everybody no, Matt. You, actually, the the lady who was talking to me on a dating app that decided not to go out with me. She listened to that one. <laughs> she listened to that one. Yeah, let's let's have a little a, a quick PSA. Rob does a ton for this podcast every week, and he it's puts true. out a ton. He is the, what do you call yourself? The lead host, the main uh, host, the main the host, main host. Yeah. the main host. Okay. Familia. So, you know, we, 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 we don't do this for money. We do it, but Rob, you know, it would be great for Rob. I mean, the rest of us, who cares for his ego? Cause it's so big, you know, if we got, if we got a few more downloads. So if you don't mind telling your friends or putting some sort of, can they put like a review or something in the podcast app, whatever they use yeah, or sure. star it up or thumbs up, something like that. If you would do that for Rob, I'd appreciate it. It would help uh, me me feel better about uh, you know not just showing up five minutes before this thing starts and then never listening to any episodes ever again. But it does. I mean, it, does, it it does. I think we're we're getting close to a hundred downloads an episode. I mean, which is yeah. kind of crazy if you think about. No, oh, it's insane. Who would want to listen? To, I mean, we just hold, we had a seven yeah. minute song about cake farts to start the show, so I don't. Yeah. So pass it on to your friends if you wouldn't mind, but tell them to start it like prints or something don't tell them don't tell them to start at zero they can go back and listen to that stuff later so but siamese dream that's for i think it was the first really 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 like deep dark guitar album that kind of came out like if you've got uh uh pearl jam if you've got um nirvana some of you know they weren't like deep dark but but that Siamese Dream album is just deep and dark. Uh, the cranberries kind of had some of that Mm -hmm. and i think it's just a complete shift from it and so i love it i always if I'm listening to it, I always get depressed. I always feel really bad about myself after I'm listening to it. So I got to listen to some Miley Cyrus or something. But, but I feel yeah, the same way I when I edit this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I always just thought the the double album it gave me credibility in high school. I remember having Bush, Sixteen, 16 Stone, and right? having and having the double album with with Smashing Pumpkins. And I always I didn't know anything about music, but I always felt that it gave me credibility that I had those two CDs. Yeah, no, that that's true. It's the more popular one, but one of Tupac's albums was a double, right? Was it All Eyes on Me or the other one, Me Against the World? All Eyes on Me probably was. I totally get that because I'd show up, I'd show up and pick up a date, and I'd be playing like They Might Be Giants, and they'd be like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" And I'd be like, "Uh, it's, it's nothing. It's kid shit." The, not no, the thing not is, like, I've listened like, to my it whole used to be called Constantinople, and now it's called Istanbul. That's the yeah. thing. Like, you get yeah. it, right? <laughs> Speaking of They Might Be Giants, I owe Rob an apology. Oh, um, for many podcasts now, I've assumed that they might be giants was the same thing as talking heads. And so whenever we mentioned talking heads, I talk about that being Rob's favorite band because wait, wait, I don't wait. know the difference between they might be giants and talking heads. So Rob, and I would like an to apology issue an from apology. Ben did it better. I'd like to take this chance to apologize. To absolutely nobody. Beck does a better podcast. No Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, how do you like that, Bronos? <laughs> That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. All right. So, <laughs> there we go. There's no word that could possibly be that doesn't make me laugh for that sound clip. 
All right. So now I think the podcast is most, almost over, but let's get into <laughs> rolling going. And fuck, I got to go back and forth. Okay, here we go. It's, 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 it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. Oh, oh yeah. If you guys don't mind, that's what we call that. <laughs> if you guys don't mind, I'm actually going to take the time to start this rolling going because oh, I, I have to it. issue a very rare triple apology because <laughs> I made some mistakes. What? I made some mistakes last week, and I would almost never admit that I actually did this. But last week we talked. <laughs> for some reason, we got on to uh, Alicia Silverstone and the Aerosmith videos, and I did an excellent recap of all the videos. To be clear, now, none of us have ever been on to Alicia Silverstone, as far as I'm aware. Wait, what? What'd you say? <laughs> I said none of us have ever actually been on to Elise Silverstone, as far as I'm she, aware. She swiped right on me a few weeks ago, and I passed. I passed. <laughs> <laughs> it's passed. the PETA thing. Right? I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. I'm sorry, it's Rob. I interrupted your rolling going. You had such a so here's rolling the deal. Rolling. Guess what? Apologies not accepted. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> remember, remember goal one like ten minutes ago? Let's not I know. I already fucked it up. And let's listen. <laughs> I'm listening. I hear you. I'm here for you, Rob. We're just going to have big pauses between everybody's senses to make sure everybody says all the dumb shit that they want to say. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. I did a rundown of the various Aerosmith videos. I think we were talking about crying and I uh, summarized it and I realized now that I got it totally wrong. So I went on a YouTube rabbit hole and I watched a bunch of Aerosmith videos with Alicia Silverstone. So I am now going to give you the real summary of those videos. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's start with, I basically, I confuse the videos of crazy and crying. So let's start with crazy. Here we go. So the video crazy. This is the one where Liv and Alicia Silverstone sneak out of an all girls school. So is this the second one? Which one was first? I don't know. This what? is the one. I mean, come on. This is <laughs> you couldn't even get the first one. I got to finish it before the sound clip ends. Here's the thing is that they sneak out of this girl's school. As they come out of the bathroom window, it shows their underwear. They hop into the car. And it's like this whole lesbian undertone between Liv Tyler and Alicia Silverstone. They then go directly, I mean, you might remember this, to a gas station where the guy working there is a horny gas station attendant. And then the guy inside thinks they're so attractive that he encourages them to shoplift everything. <laughs> and then as a gift back, do you guys remember what they gave as a gift back for being allowed to shoplift everything? No. Picture, right? There was Yes, man. There was a photo booth somehow in this gas station. They went in and took topless photos, gave it to the guy. Then they keep driving, and guess what the strip club in town has? Oh, no, it ended. An amateur stripping contest. So they enter the amateur stripping contest. Alicia Silverstone dresses a guy. They then, and how long is this video? It's like 10 minutes long. They then drive by a farmer who jumps out of his moving tractor, gets in. They go swimming in the lake. They then steal his clothes, get back in the car, drive away. The naked farmer hops into the car with him. Meanwhile, his tractor's been driving around, and guess what it spells in the cornfield? Aerosmith? Crazy. Crying? Yes, crying? Aerosmith. No, crazy. Crying. So that that's crazy. crazy. It was crying at the end of that, Now, right? don't confuse that with the video. <laughs> don't confuse that. Now, this is a very, 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 very different video. This is crying, okay? <laughs> So in crying, I don't care if you guys like this or not. Crying is the it. one where it starts I'm on the bridge. It. She's on a bridge looking at you. Oh, she's gonna then she's gonna bungee jump eventually. She's here. thinking back to her boyfriend in bed with him, and guess what they have? Tattoos on her pelvis and on the finger. That's what I was thinking okay. of when they touched the tattoos together. Then she catches him making out with Liv at the movie theater, and they so, get in a big so fight. So Liv Tyler's in both of them too. Yes. Oh. 
And so they get in a big fight with him, and it's a lot of him, her, like, taking his car and, like, driving up to a cliff and then hitchhiking. But that video was not that good. But then I remember that they were also in Amazing together. The Alicia Silverstone video for Amazing, amazing. is unbelievable. Do you guys remember this one? I would call it, it was pretty amazing. They're all starting to run this, together to me. <laughs> this is the third video, right? Well, if you watched them um, three times today, like I did, you would remember these. Only this three. This is the third video. Rob fell on the this sword. Is the one, He's gonna... This is the one I could really relate to because the guy is watching the other two Aerosmith videos and then inserts himself into the videos with his computer, and guess what he's wearing the whole time? Is he wearing VR goggles? He is wearing VR goggles. (laughs) And he's doing things like driving a motorcycle. So he shows up in the video, tries to pick her up when she's hitchhiking from the crying video. She doesn't like him, so guess what he does to her? He changes her attitude slider. What? From like, doesn't like him to like horny. So then she gets on the motorcycle with him. They're driving the motorcycle. They have sex on the motorcycle. Now, meanwhile, in each one of these videos, every 10 seconds, they're switching over to Steven Tyler, who looks just like my grandmother. And so it's like from this very sexy thing to this very old man singing over and over. It's hard. My favorite thing my favorite thing that you've ever taken from your grandma, Rob, is that you wear like the, the big neck thing. What is that, a scarf? For every mm-hmm. podcast, our listeners don't know if Rob wears a scarf that his grandma yeah. passed down. To I have a mic that's hooked around my microphone, and I swing it around sometimes to really get the crowd fired up. Yes. You got you to gotta make sure it doesn't get in the way of those candles on those cakes, though. The motorcycle. Those, the motorcycle those scarves will go up in flames so fast. A lot of polyester in those way watching it. Though, yeah. Just, just no, but it's burning towards you. Like, oh my god, this is a terrible idea. You're trying to get the scarf off. It's burning towards you. Steven Tyler, why have you done this to Bernie. me? You brought Bernie into the conversation. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The motorcycle breaks down after they're done having sex. So they hitchhike. Guess what picks them up? This is so 90s. It's a fucking it totally- biplane. It oh. picks them up. They get on the plane, Wait, go up into the plane. It's a biplane 90s. I don't think I've ever seen this amazing video. The other two are, are iconic. I don't think I've never seen the other one. No, he's in VR goggles this whole time, so I could relate. Then off the biplane, they skydive with snowboards on their feet. So they're spinning around the snowboards. It was so 90s. And then at the end, he prints off a picture of her and puts it up next to like a Cindy Crawford picture and all these other women. And and then he turns and looks at the screen and guess what he's in? Alicia Silverstone's computer. It's a fucking Twilight Zone Black Mirror shit going on. It was actually her making him VR have sex with her. Come back next week for Rob's music video reviews. I, I only I think, do three music videos at a time. Though. I think of the three, crying is the epic one. The, the, the epic one is the one where she gets the tattoo and where she does the bungee jump and she flicks off the camera. I'll tell you what, you would think so, but it's not. You watch that again, and for some reason, Steven Tyler's wearing a kabuki mask for a lot of that video. Why? <laughs> what? Who knows? Can't be good. Can't be a good reason why he's doing it. It's very strange. So crazy and amazing were both 1993 on Get a Grip, and Crying was 1998 on A Little South of Sanity. And what? Little South it, of Sanity, crying came five years later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't a Little know South that. Sanity is the one I, I remember. I remember having for sure. But yeah, Dang. how is that possible? Because the amazing video references the Crying video. I think oh. Matt, Matt might be wrong. He might have an apology. Well, I, I, I'm, you know, Google. Maybe Google's wrong. I don't know. Listen, I've also lost my mind to the point. Guess who the top commenter was on every one of these videos with the most likes? 
It was fucking Alicia Silverstone from four months ago. She commented on all the videos saying, hey, guys, I had a great time making this video. It was amazing. Check out my new show. <laughs> Our search engine optimization is really going to kick in, and she's going to start listening to this pod and have all these comments. It's going to be fantastic. My guess the only comment will be a picture of her flicking off Rob after his summation <laughs> of her entire career in four minutes. Oh, If she put me in VR goggles on her computer, I'd be the happiest guy in the whole world. So you guys can't possibly have rolling guns that are as good or as obviously insane as somebody who's been teaching from home for the last week. As you could tell, I have not left the home in a while. So what's going on? Rolling going. What's going on with you, Russell? Rolling going. I was actually listening to a different podcast a few days ago. Bill Simmons. He's kind of like the the one of the godfathers of podcasts. Right. But he had this guy on and they were talking about how baseball cards or basketball cards are really making this comeback right now. And that cards there, it's it's almost like the stock market where a guy will have an amazing game or a few weeks and the value of their rookie cards or the value of certain cards will go from nothing to hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. And it was so interesting. It made me start thinking, what was your baseball card or basketball card or football card style when you were kids? What were you guys into when it came to cards when you were a kid? The only card I had is that every uh, in 87, I got uh, the whole team pack of the twins and in 91, I got the whole team pack of the Twins, the two years they won the World Series. Mm -hmm. And then what I did is that every team that they would play that I didn't like, I drew on all the cards. Oh. So I realize now that I probably had a dozen Dennis Eckersley baseball cards, and I just drew all over them. And I don't know what I drew, because I think I drew, like, mustaches. I think I just drew a bigger mustache on Dennis Eckersley. I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> He's like, Raleigh Fingers, that VR mustache is pretty good. I'm just going to extend that a little yeah. bit, a little bit here. It's so stu- it's like a classic Rob thinking of like this will show Dennis Eckersley how much I don't like him. Why? Who cares? Like Rob, you're so stupid. What I think my guys? thing was Baseball like card. go up to yeah, I would, I would go up to the uh, store in, in Ankeny, Iowa called Who's on First with like you know five dollars <laughs> in my pocket and <laughs> and name. right and I'd spend like three bucks on a Frank Thomas rookie card and then be like ah oh, I got this rookie card I'm so stoked and then I don't know what happened to those I, I like. I think I'd buy cards one or two at a time, just something that was like, ooh, like mm, it's like how I buy records now. Like, oh, should I spend twenty dollars? I'm not sure. Maybe I'll spend eighteen instead, and then you forget that you had it. You know, all three, all three of those were in 1993. So Google let me down. So I apologize. Oh, I want to hear about Mike, Matt Hammer Mike and 69. Tops. Matt, was no, your, what I, was your card style? Now an apology. So, oh, I thought we were doing an apology. <laughs> We preemptive does it better as a baseball. We would hammer buying the top baseball cards. So we'd buy the pack after pack after pack, West Richfield, Little League, um, Kinsmore Drug in Richfield. And so, I mean, I had boxes upon boxes, 1987 to about 1993. I mean, I had more cards than you could possibly know what to do with and doubles and triples. And we trade them. I think I had a, a Griffey rookie in tops. I had a, uh, Frank Thomas rookie. I, I remember getting a Kirby Puckett rookie, which is probably my favorite card. But you were a tops only guy. You never did upper deck. You never well, got like the I famous mean, we, Griffey we upper deck kind of would, rookie. but it was kind of that whole thing about completing a, a set or trying to complete a set without buying the set. I mean, you know, you could always just go out and buy the set for 30 bucks, but what fun was that? It was much more fun to, you know, open the packs and everything. So The meanest thing about the Kirby Puckett, did you see I had one of those holographic cards? But when you close one eye or the other, the images didn't move at all. It was just. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, Rob. that's he honestly the most tasteful don't feel bad. Kirby Puckett joke. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, sorry, Matt. Had to hop in there to ruin everybody's childhood heroes. <laughs> yeah. No. So, I mean, I don't know. I had a bunch of cards and then, you know, I had them forever. Went off to college. They just sat in my parents' basement. And then, you know, like 
about every year they'd say, hey, you got to get this crap out of our basement. And finally, mm-hmm. I just gave my younger brother. So they're, they're now in his basement somewhere. Somehow, I had a Gretzky Opeachy Premier rookie card, 1979, which apparently Ooh. is worth like a grand now. And so I can't find it anywhere. So if somebody found my card, if they'd give it back to me, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, and but ignore my, what he said earlier about the grand <laughs> stuff. My peak of hitting the sports cards was I had 1990 score football set, which had uh, Barry Sanders rookie. Derek Thomas rookie, Troy Aikman rookie, ooh, and ooh. prime time Deion Sanders ooh. rookie, all in the same set, and that was pretty badass. And I remember those got up to a, a theoretical price, according to what I really <laughs> wanted to ask you guys about: is the biggest racket in the history of the world <laughs> that motherfucking Beckett price guide? Because you would open that book and you would page through and be like, "Oh, this card I have is worth seventy-five cents, or it's worth." But it's rising. Bucks. It's high. You get yeah. a little triangle next yeah. to it. Ooh, but then you know, yeah, you're year. like, "Hey, hey, will you give me ten bucks for this?" And they're like, "We'll give you eight cents." For-. They, they would never pay yeah. that price. There's there's a bigger racket, Russell. Is that the the I think it's the Donruss uh, Gret, uh, Griffey rookie card, right? Mm-hmm. It essentially launched Donruss, okay? And for, from there on out, you know, and supposedly, you know, if there's maybe uh, 10,000 cards out there, 10,000 rookies. Well, they knew that this rookie card was, like, essentially making their whole world. Everybody's buying all these packs. Yeah. And so they just kept printing them and printing them and printing them. So everybody thought that they've got this really valuable rookie card when, in theory, there's, like, 50 million of them out there now. Mm. And so, you know, they're worth, like, five cents because they're so popular. But that's the biggest racket is that this company went out and just started uh, taking the market like that. By the way, what is it with parents and wanting to clear out their basement? It's like, you're not fucking doing anything down there. Just store my <laughs> shit down there. Leave me alone. Stop talking about clearing out your basement. I mean, how much room did those baseball cards take up? Oh, I don't You know, a couple shelves worth. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. What but, are they putting up there? Like the Christmas village that they break out once a year? Like, just <laughs> deal with it. Like, who cares? It's your basement. You don't go down there. Retired people start worrying about weird things. All right. Uh, Rosie, rolling going. How's it going with you? I'm, I'm going to try something new with my rolling going this week because. Okay. Last week. Uh, if you'll rec- recall in our opener, are we, are we doing are we doing high carb foods today instead? Or oh yeah, see, no, here's maybe the thing. He's here's about, that. Maybe he's you're about desserts. I see what you're trying to do. Actually, cast a shadow. I yeah. see what you're trying I don't to know. do. Aaron probably doesn't have any thoughts on like what bread is best on a sandwich. He doesn't care. About <laughs> Last, <laughs> <laughs> I did buy a torpedo roll this week just because yeah, I was trying to make it. Yeah, and then I didn't. Yeah, play. Yeah, uh, rolling going. What kind, What did so you buy? I bought a torpedo roll. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. All right, let's go. Here we go. No more. That's it. Last time. And so I think we know by now that Rob's a teacher, and Rob is always teaching in subtle ways. And he was teaching me last week via his opener that Subtlety. I'm not bringing the same level of uh, inclusion to my rolling going that you all are because I'm just talking about things I ate. And I finally <laughs> learned that you all are using the rolling going as a way, as a means to stimulate conversation among the group. Uh-huh. So I learned that. 25 so episodes in. Yep, I learned that. I learned it. Plus it emergency that episode plus episode zero. <laughs> plus some redos. And plus those so, three that we just tried things out of. Yeah. I'm going to try something this week. I'm going to tell you what, up, what I've been up to, and then it's, it's going to lead, I hope, to some conversation. So if you'll just give me some time to describe what I've been up to. Okay. I've been reading Rambo. This is not John Rambo. This is Arthur oh. Rambo. Because I noticed reading about Patti Smith that she was into Rambo, who was a French poet uh, in the late uh, 19th century. And it turns out he also was, uh, he was an inspiration for Henry Rollins. So I was trying to figure out what's up. Why is Rambo 
someone that all these punk artists were into, right? What was that about? So I decided to start reading Rambo. So it's it's cool. I like it. It's definitely I've, chapter I've been reading. two after Dan Severn or not? Yeah, we're uh, dumb it's as probably shit. right along the same lines, right? Yeah. So I've been reading. Reading. This is all supposed to stimulate conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait. Here it comes. <laughs> Barry okay. Sanders rookie card. So this week I've been trying to read Rambo and I've been reading a season in hell, which I think was, is his most famous poem. And Rambo kind of does, mm-hmm. does the same thing. Where is he that, from Rosie? Cause uh, he's from France. is he Russian? He's French. He's French. Okay, you said that. I'm sorry. He's French. Yeah. And he had a, he had a romance with Paul Verlaine and then Verlaine shot him in the wrist. So it was like a very, he was, and he was known for just Oof. being, uh-huh. yeah, very, Ouch. uh, pushing the boundaries and, uh, was even for, you know, especially for his time was, was, uh, um, pissed. Aaron stole his rolling going here. <laughs> <laughs> was provocative. Yeah. And so I've been trying to read it and, and I get it. I get where uh, he also, to me, was writing in sort of gender bending ways, which I think we'll hear on this album. So I get why Patti Smith was drawn to him. But it really, I don't know, it really bothers me when I'm trying to read something in a foreign language. I'm not reading this in French. I'm reading the English translation. And I've had this huh? experience in my life before. I get really bent out of shape about, like am I reading the best translation menu. of Rambo like his because then I start Googling. I spend as much time Googling like which translation I should be reading as I spend actually reading it. So my question to you guys is, are there things in your life that you get irrationally stressed out about? Because I get irrationally stressed about whether I'm reading the right translation of something. Are there things in your life that, that you also find yourself thinking I shouldn't have been stressed. So stressed about that. What the fuck do you do for a job? I gotta get that goddamn <laughs> job. That you have. What the fuck do you do? Like I'm working all fucking week. I'm dealing with shit all week long. God damn. You got a whole soundboard full of stings. Where'd you have time to make those stings? I'm reading Rambo when you're making those stings. Here we go. Mm, Okay. 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 So so Rob Rambo. Yeah. Rambo. What? Is this what he's going to call Rambo? What? What he calls this? That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Rambo. Rambone. (laughs) Rambone. Yeah. I don't like when Aaron when Aaron does that and he sticks it into the the, the ice yeah. shards like Rambo did in Rambo <laughs> Two or whatever when he fights the guy when he's got the the yeah the, oh yeah he puts it he puts it in the, the glass. glass he puts it in the yeah. resin he's like we're gonna fight the old way and then he puts it in the resin and puts it in the glass it's like what that's the old way the resin into the glass how is that possibly the old ancient way of I haven't seen any of the Rambo sequels because the first Rambo was one of the saddest movies in human history I've never gotten past the first one. I it's recently terrible. watched it's Rambo depressing. three and the whole movie is. Uh, uh, the whole movie is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen of <laughs> Afghanistan, who later became the Taliban. So it's kind of a bad <laughs> right. look nowadays, but Rambo fighting next to the Taliban, an unstoppable force. I'll tell you what I get unrationally. What, what are we trying to figure out? Unrationally stressed I out I about? wasn't really listening. Yeah. Matt's yeah. going to say anytime we call out about this podcast. Yeah. No, I, I think it's either, if, you know, we're not doing it right now, but like walking in the skyways downtown or even like driving in traffic, like, making sure that if somebody's going a half of a mile an hour faster than me, that I get over so they can pass. Or if I'm mm-hmm. going a half of a mile an hour fast, you know, like in all reality, if I, if I just back off a half mile an hour, I'm going to get there three seconds faster or slower kind of thing, right. right? And I think having like, there's, there's rules to the road and rules to driving. There's rules to walking on sidewalks and people who don't follow those or don't have a clear sense of like what's going on, like, dude, get over or I can get over something like that. Like, I think I have an unrational fear of that. I just want to get from point A to point B as quick as I can. And within the rules, you know, like we're not speeding or anything, but like, that's what I think. I, I, it stresses me out sometimes and I just should let it go. 
this is what I'm talking about. These moments where if we could step back and think about what, what, what we're really worried about, we'd feel better. Thank you, Matt, for joining me on this journey. I have two, I have two irrational angers. The first (laughs) relates to a home chore that I'm terrible at. Mm -hmm. We all know I don't clean my gutters, but the other thing that I really struggle with (laughs) is changing my furnace filter. My furnace is super old. And so when I go to change my furnace filter, I never do it as often as I should, but like, it doesn't just slide in and out. I have to take out the front and kind of guide it in because it keeps getting caught. And it usually takes me somewhere between a half hour and an hour. And I throw tantrums like you would not believe if someone (laughs) took a video. I can can actually believe it. I can picture it in my head. If someone took a video of me changing a furnace filter, they would put me in a padded room in eight seconds. I lose my shit. When I go downstairs and I can't get that furnace filter in right away and it takes forever, I get pissed. It, it, it's the irrational anger becomes out to the 10th power. Okay. Yeah, I'm not alone. I'm glad I'm not my alone. My other one, my other one is going to stores that have self checkout lanes and people in front of you don't know how to do the self checkout oh, and take oh. forever. I, I, I mean, I would burn that target to the fucking ground <laughs> if, if it meant we could get out of there like a minute faster. Like why? If you don't know, there should have to be a class where you have to be certified in self-checkout lanes and the people that disregard whatever the, the express lanes, I, I can't handle checkout lanes and waiting in lines. Put the item in the bag. You have an unscanned item in the bag. Oh, it's like, I've yeah, got, you put your purse on there, lady. Like, let's move along. I've got one more irrational anger thing. No. Why? Why? Some therapeutic Davenport of yeah, love. The, mm-hmm. we got all the heroes. I'm, I'm not going to sit on love. that Davenport anywhere near Aaron after what he's, <laughs> what he's calling the Davenport, but I'll sit on the other end of the Davenport. But my third thing that I get irrationally angry about is gas stations. Why do they need so much information for me to just buy some gas? Why do I need the option to do a car wash? Why do they need my zip code? Why do they need my, my car, like my points card? I don't want to answer five stupid questions to put gas in my car. I'm trying to pay you money. Just let me get my gas and leave. Yes. Well, economics of it, Russell is that they really make all their money on their, the donuts and the cookies and the car washes on the inside. The gas is almost well, a loss leader. The do- you can't order, you know, the donuts and so they've got to do everything outside. they can to try to nickel and dime you. Could you imagine if you could click a button though, and somebody would bring you out like two macadamia nut cookies just, from holidays? Oh, yeah, this, I'd be so no happy. Would be an irrational anger if that was the case. <laughs> that <laughs> would be an irrational. How many donuts love. would you like delivered to your car today? Oh my yeah. god, I'll take a cool half dozen. I, I was in an eating contest once, and I had to eat a six pack of those glazed donuts from Holiday, and I think I ate them like an under. 30 seconds or 20 seconds, like against a kid. <laughs> I cannot even look at those cookies anymore. I get so sick. It's the same reaction I have to like root beer schnapps. It's like, oh, it makes me sick oh, just even thinking schnapps. about it. Yeah, that's, I've had some rough nights with that. Yeah, everybody's got a, a drink like that. I, you know, I, for me, honestly, it's now when I wake up on a Saturday morning after this, because we stay up pretty late recording this. I'm convinced that I'm going to miss the sign-up period for Drag Bingo that I do on Saturday nights now. <laughs> I have to sign up for Drag Bingo by 2 p.m. And I'll wake up at like 7 a.m. and be like, if I sleep anymore, I might miss the drag bingo sign up. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I, I, I haven't slept. I haven't slept. Yeah, I know. I haven't slept past 9 a.m. in like a half you just a year. Get your maid to do that or can't not? You, can't you do it right now? I mean, right oh, yeah. midnight? No, I definitely could. Okay, so why but don't I you did do it right now. I did. Well, I did just drink this tall boy of Bud 
seltzer. Do you see this thing? It's the size Ooh, of my yes. head. It's about, it's about, that's not quite as big as the other one that was as big as your head, but it's pretty big. It's it's you it's pretty big, big and it's carbonated, which I realize is a huge mistake when I'm doing an audio <laughs> medium like a podcast. But I really like I wake up and I think about things in the morning at like seven AM and I'm like, okay, well I'm up. I'm now stressed about stuff like it's just so stupid. I know I have time to do it. It's the dumbest thing. But other than that, my life is perfect. I don't stress about anything. I'm great. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, I also, uh, I, I, um, I stress about when I'm reading French poetry that I'm getting the wrong translation. So I don't know if anybody yeah. mentioned that, but that's me as well. <laughs> so I am stressed about that. <laughs> All right. And speaking about shit that nobody else is ever going to do, let's talk about the album Horses by Patti Smith. I, is this, have any of you heard this album before this list at all? Oh, I'm... S- <laughs> I actually prepared something. That's an edit point. Oh, no, no. No, no. no. It goes like this. It goes one, two, three. (laughs) Matt, rolling going. How's it going? Uh, Stupid Bud Bud Seltzer. That's that's not my fault. Yeah. I want to introduce a new segment to the pod this week. Uh, Yes. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to call it um, something old, something new, something borrowed, something Beck. I think I came up with that Ooh. myself. Ooh, nice. And you're, so you're the cr- most creative guy in this geez, podcast. Now, by yeah. Far. I've been watching a lot of, I've, I've been trying to get through jazz. Uh, it's the, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy? Ed Ken Bur- Burns. Oh. Ken, Ken Burns. Burns. Ken Burns did it in 2001 and it's on. Uh, First episode, John Stockton pick and roll. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that guy's fucking haircut, by the way, Ken Burns? <laughs> it's it's no. a pretty wicked haircut. For a guy who's documentary, he's got a fucked haircut. I don't know what's going on. You think at some point somebody would be like, Ken, your haircut is fucked. I saw him on the streets of New York, and even in person, I was like, oh, that haircut, dude, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. All right. What were you, you saying so, something about so this? I mean, so this thing, you know, it, it, the, the jazz oh, documentary my bad. heavily gets involved with Louis Armstrong. And so then, you know, on TV, you've got the. Stella Artois has this new commercial and it's got this horn and I, it's like mesmerizing to me. And I'm like, what in the hell is that horn? So I was looking it up. You can, you can hit play on it, Rob, right now. And the, you know, so I'm listening to it. It's a song called right here. You'll recognize it from the commercial, but it's called La Vie and Rose and Louis Armstrong covers it. And it's just, it's, it's like what music should be, I guess, in my head, you know, when you're thinking about old time music. So that's my uh, something old. If, it's beautiful. Maybe just, can you go ahead to just hear a little bit of Louis singing? Just beautiful. Russ, are you and I dumb shits on this podcast? Is that the problem? No, this, is, this is fantastic music. I love it. Oh, oh no, it's just me. <laughs> Everybody's so smart. Rob, if you look around the room, you can't find the sucker. <laughs> It's you. I think I have this conversation every week with somebody on the podcast. And they're like, "No, it's just you, Rob." I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. Uh, so my 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 uh, my something new is a group called Pain, and the song is "Summer Girl." And I I found this on a on a Peloton ride. Somebody, you know, one of the Peloton instructors had it, and I'm like, "This sounds great." You know, you, you think you can hear a bunch of different uh, influences in the song, but something called Haim. They were signed by. Uh, by Jay-Z's uh, production company. They were actually like a kid band with Nickelodeon. It's three sisters and stuff. So I don't know. Pain. It's, it's my something new. Matt, and, you mentioned Peloton rides and Beck did it better. Don't you have some sort of Beck did it better ride? Or what's what's the what's going on with Beck well, did no, it better? We got a hashtag. Be- uh, we got, we got, we're up to three people. I keep recruiting. So Sarah from Eden Prairie is a hashtag Beck did it better. Oh, now I should do that. Peloton, nice. So. 
Yeah, Rob, that's better. Than my, yeah, well, I'm hashtag sex laser, so I'm still rocking that one. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my my something borrowed is Chris Cornell's uh, cover of Patience, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but I keep coming back to it. And Chris Cornell is probably the best voice of our generation, I would say. Um, and then him covering Patience by Guns N' Roses is just. It's it's awesome in my it's a banger. We brought up Sarah from Ian Prairie, so I'll say it. it's a banger. So go ahead, listen to it. Uh, we don't have to listen to the whole thing here. My uh, my my something Beck is Loser by Beck, and I thought you know we we kind of get through some of these uh, maybe obscure Beck songs every once in Rob, a while. Pick the next song. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and we just I did that of my own volition, by the way, not because somebody told me. Yeah. We hear, and this is by far my favorite Beck song, and it's his most popular, well, maybe, you know, from, from the early days, and I just wanted to hear it. So I just thought, you know, since it's my section, we can put on... It's your section? We can put it's on Loser by Beck. Beck did it better. Never a bad day to listen to this. Do you guys remember seeing this video and being like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Yeah. This guy's nuts. And then it turns out he's like this huge musical savant, and it turns out his dad, of course, I, I learned this last week, I can't remember where... Is like a big musical guy with movies and bands and organized stuff. <laughs> and, so, and, and now let's strings. see if you were really paying attention. Who was his mom? She was uh, the uh, she was an Andy Warhol model. Boom! Yes. And Rob, damn, Rob, Rob listens. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, Rob. Well, I did edit that last episode about five minutes before it came on there. <laughs> also, can you that imagine that if your future self had come back to talk to you in a time machine and told you that while you were listening to Beck that 25 years later you'd be on something called a podcast where you were recording it in your daughter's bedroom and pumping it out to the masses on the internet? Right? This is and then you tried stuff. to kiss yourself from the future because you wanted yeah. to see what it felt like to kiss yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Next time I go change my furnace filter, I'm going to re-listen to Aaron telling me that story over and over. It's going to be so soothing. <laughs> I, still won't be able, I still won't be able to change the furnace filter, but at least I won't be so angry. Just throw the furnace filter away. Who cares if shit gets in your furnace or whatever the furnace filter does? Does it not let shit in or shit out? I, I, have, to, I have to like bring down the metal folding dust. chair like that the honky-tonk man didn't use and like sit it next to the filter. I need to like sit down. Because I, I can't stand like sitting on my knees in the cement next to the furnace filter for a half hour. It's it's just it's it's a whole get some ordeal. of those get some of those like knee pads like the industrial knee pads you can wear down there. I guess. Oh yeah. by God, he's got a folding chair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Russell's music. The humanity. <laughs> All right, for the first time tonight, let's start talking about Patty Smith's music. horses. So this album came out in, oh, I can't remember the date. Even 1975. 1975. 1975. It's January 29. I don't know how you guys do this. I cannot focus. <laughs> uh, so this this is really kind of the original. People are calling this the original proto-punk album. This actually came out about, uh, it came out about five months before the first Ramones album. But uh, this is really, people have described this as three chords with poetry. And it really is true when you listen to it. I got a lot more out of this album after doing the research and listening to it again. Her lyrics are thick. I mean, they are dense. They are really interesting to listen to. But the music itself is not that complicated, which I think is kind of, it has its accessibility to it. Inspired people like R.E.M., Morrissey, Courtney Love. Uh, basically, her Patti Smith and her band had a two-month residency at CBGB, the famous punk uh, club here in uh, New York City. And she was signed by Clive Davis at Arista Records. And she they wanted somebody to produce the album. And she said, no, I want this guy named John Cale, who played viola in, does anybody want to guess? Velvet Underground. 
yeah, he was a Velvet Underground guy. And I think you can definitely hear a little bit of that influence on this album of like, okay, let's try, you know, a 10 minute song where we're dragging a chair across a concrete floor. Like there definitely is a little bit of that in this album. Uh, right after they got done recording it, she said, yeah, we never listened to John Cale. We didn't listen to Jack shit. He said, we ignored most of what he said. And then recently <laughs> she's come around and said, yeah, I was just nervous about recording the studio. So I was kind of rude to him. And she, she's quoted as saying, I wanted to make a record that would make a certain type of person not feel alone. People who are like me different. I wasn't targeting the whole world. I wasn't trying to make a hit record. And, and John is, is quoted as saying that when they came in, they, all their instruments were so damaged that they couldn't stay in tune. And he was like, we can't, re we can't record to this. And they put out this kind of, I, I, you got a picture in 75. This is a strange album to come out, right? Some two minute songs, some nine minute songs. It's taking pieces of other old hit songs and then kind of fusing it with her poetry. And it still got all the way up to 47 on the billboard and it really didn't get played on the radio very much. So that's it for my history. Uh, yeah. So let's get into horses by Patty Smith. We got the first song Gloria best opening lyrics of all time. I would say pretty close. What are the, what are the opening lyrics here? Here, I'll play them for you. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Yep. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. I mean, it's good. Like, this album that's very, sounds good. That, that's showing a lot of Rambo influence. He wrote a lot about the alienation from the church. What do you Sorry. want me to say? I'm this scared. Anymore. Yeah. That's Rocky. Sorry, that's not Rambo. <laughs> What do you if got? He dies. He dies. <laughs> what kind of weapons you got? We don't have any weapons. <laughs> then you're not I, doing nothing. I'm I'm shocked that Rob didn't choose the lyrics about humping on a parking meter. I thought for sure that was I, uh, the direction he'd be going can, with this. If one. you can see her on the screen, I actually did write that down as part of a I quote. Mean, humping the parking um, meter is pretty good. So so she she took the song Gloria by Van Morrison and them, which is actually a band we had talked about earlier. For I can't remember why we were talking about them. I think it was on one of Russell's wonderful lists. But she took the song Gloria. And the only part of the song that actually stayed the same was, of course, the actually spelling out of Gloria, which we heard in the opening. This is badass. It sounds so good. I listened to this song 50 times this week. Yeah, the guitars are great. Rob, you mentioned a bunch of artists that she inspired. There's one you didn't list, and I could only think of one person when I heard her, and that was Gwen Stefani. This sounds like no doubt to me yeah. to a T. Like, if yeah. Gwen Stefani wasn't mimicking her, she had to 100% be mimicking everything she did, don't you think? I think so, because yeah, you, can, you, you can hear that Patti Smith can sing, but at the same time, she uses her voice as a real instrument on a lot of these songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I've had for, I mean, we've, I've had it throughout this entire list, but this album was was new to me, and I'm like, when I talk about any song on this album, it's going to be because a light bulb came on where I think, oh, this thing that I thought was new actually came from Patti Smith. It's really amazing when you, because you, you can hear echoes of what she was doing reverberating throughout so much music that we've listened to in our lifetime. Let me ask you guys something. Uh, Patty Smith is probably, she's more famous as a poet, I think, or not more famous, but she's definitely well known as a poet. Do you think I could just become a poet? Like if I started writing stuff and then just like, like, why can't I be a poet? Everyone's a poet, just like a everyone's poet. a yogi. Yeah, you are a poet. Probably all, you probably wouldn't know it. Poets. Rob, don't, Rob, remember, I'm a poet. Remember, I was a poet on my online dating profile many episodes back. You, If I can be a poet, Rob, and get no swipes, you can be a poet and get no swipes. <laughs> what rhymes with fucking furnace? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I actually went, I had a, I had a co-worker. Trucking dervish. Who, I had a co-worker who had a poetry night, 
And she was like a, she's like a true poet. And she had a whole setup where she had like opening act poets in front of her. And then she had a book of poetry that just came out. So she was doing a reading and it, it was like my first year in New York. And here is this like black lesbian poetry that I'm going to. And it was exactly what I thought it would be where I walk into this hotel. I go down to like a basement and then down to like a sub basement. And it's all these people sitting there and then they're furnace filters. Yeah. And they're talking about like, you know, how, uh, you know, the vagina is so powerful and, and this, and then they get done and clap. And I was like, this is exactly what fucking New York should be. Like, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was just, it was just right on. So and for all of our listeners playing the Rob Big Ups New York drinking game, you are drunk as shit right now because we've had a lot of those already. Y'all are taking shots every, every 30 seconds on this episode. What did I send you a picture of today? Over text? Electric Lady Studios, right? You're yeah. in the middle hey, of it. Hey, you're there. Turns out I get drunk mentioned. right next to there on every Friday. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Redondo Beach. Ooh. So this is the one I mean, we're going to talk this entire episode about where we hear her influences and I'm small minded. And for me, my mind went straight to sublime on this. It just felt like, oh, this is a, this is West Coast reggae punk stuff. But I did try to do some cursory research into when punk and reggae sort of intersected because we heard it on London Calling. But this album came out four years before London Calling and everything I could find sort of said, oh, Punk and reggae started getting together when Johnny Rotten went to Jamaica in 1976 and Bob Marley, you know, went to London and maybe mm-hmm. recorded a, a punk tune and Patty was was doing it before anybody else. This came she wrote this song in 1971 and then it came out in 75, so she was obviously a, a pioneer in terms of sound and then uh, Rob, you probably have some thoughts about what the about the subject matter, right? Well, I, I the, the the idea of the song is that she got this woman gets in a fight with her lover and the lover takes off and the woman's worried about her. And it's actually based on a fight Patty had with her sister. And after the fight, Patty took the F train down to Coney Island. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) And she sat on the beach all night. And the only thing she didn't sit on the Davenport of love, did she? No, No. I don't think so. She sat on the beach all night and his wife might have an issue with that. If people are just sitting on the Davenport of love left and right. Let me clear up a spot for you to sit. Oh no. Oh, Rob, Rob, so, dude, Rob, you cannot do it's, that. It's people, extra good with my mustache. People joke. know, the they joke. can tell people what know. you just, the, oh no. And uh, so it got me thinking like beaches. I I don't care for beaches. What do you guys think of beaches? What is, what's your Wait, opinion what? on beaches? Rob, I've seen I don't. Some I know you're a California surfer dude, Aaron, with your long blonde hair. I don't like, yeah, I got a pretty, I got a pretty <laughs> oh, strong take. Here we go. I don't like like, you know, where everybody's out sun tanning beaches, but like the beaches of like uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, that's not so like vacationing. We're oh. just going to go what? where, where uh, you know, we're not going to just go put umbrellas out and, and sit there all day, but are a little more. <laughs> what do the kids have to like climb a cliff to get there? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, this is yeah. You know, they're much more, there's much more, you know, behind them and it's much more, uh, you know, I just, I don't like the going to the beaches where it's a bunch of blue hairs who've retired down there and they're just sitting out there all day. Just my take. So like Miami, not a fan. I got Aaron. Oh, I Aaron Miami. just held up a big thumbs up when you talked about old people on a beach and he was like, oh yeah. So oh, I don't know what yeah. that's about. Rob, that's I'm a confused weird thing because Rob, I've seen some really fantastic pictures of you having fun on beaches in New York, in Croatia. I call shenanigans. I think you like the beach, Rob. I also I have got a beach kids, towel. Man. I got to entertain kids. That would, would when I go to a beach, 
I have sand coming out of my butt crack for the next three days, and it's like in the bed. It's a nightmare. My butt crack can hold a lot of sand. There's a lot of raw tonnage going on in there. It is, you just tell your wife that when it turns out you were eating crackers in the bed or you were eating food and there were crumbs, and she accuses you. You're like, nope, nope. It was sand from the beach trip eight weeks ago in South Carolina. Yeah, and then I get those crumbs, and I ship them over to Aaron's house. And, <laughs> and then right. they put in my feet. That's why I got to have these nice yeah. slippers. Oh, my gout. No, it's just crumbs, sweetie. You're seven and crumbs. You don't actually have gout. Russ, I assume you love beaches, so we'll move on. All right, so. Big news in the gout world as it relates to uh, COVID, but we're not going to do that right now. <laughs> big oh, news? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a sting. I got a sting for your, um, for big news. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Oh, okay, there we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, turns out my gout medicine, colchicine, is uh, useful as a treatment for COVID, so I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to get my medicine now. We can edit that out. Or Let's you're already... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, or maybe I'm fine. What right? the hell is he talking about? <laughs> it's a treatment, oh, not a prevention. Maybe you, maybe you lived in your garage for a week. <laughs> Listen, for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> I've edited this out of three other episodes. Stop talking about your fucking gout medication and COVID, <laughs> healing COVID. We don't want to hear about it anymore. Nobody gives a shit. Jesus Christ. It's running even with the Hulk Hogan sex tape references at this point, right? <laughs> Oh my god. I got so much gout. <laughs> okay, after this, we're gonna find that sex tape and we're gonna watch it together. I ate all this herring before the ultimate warrior match. My feet are swollen up. I couldn't give him the big boot. I didn't know what to do. Just like we used to watch Ultimate <laughs> together in a dorm room. We're gonna watch that Hulk Hogan sex tape, and it's gonna be the most hetero thing we do all week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've got Birdland. I guess people are talking about my loins, and I say Girdland. Oh, no. No, oh, no. <laughs> so where am I? Tacos, and it may turn into Turdland. <laughs> oh. Jeez, we should Man, be like Matt. Genius. Matt should be the main host. Where are my music theater kids at? Where are my rent heads at? This one, when I heard this, I was like, oh, this is Maureen doing Jumped Over the Moon from Rent. This is ex- like all these things that we're hearing in popular culture so many of them came from Patti Smith. They have a super that changes the furnace filter in, in the play rent or not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, no, they got one of those bad landlords who's like trying to, you know, shut off the lights and all that. Would I enjoy rent? I only enjoy musicals that are comedies. It's very... It has some all funny right. <laughs> So this song... This song... This song is... is There's a couple... Now, guys, I don't want this to lead to a further conversation, but this song is inspired by a book by Peter Reich, who is talking about his dad's funeral, William Reich, and he envisioned a UFO coming down to pick up his dad. So, of course, I did some research on Wilhelm, and he was one of these guys who was big into the idea of Freud's idea of libido and how um, the superego suppresses libido to the point where Wilhelm Reich started talking about things called orgone which is the uh-huh. energy you get from orgasms. It's a, it's a word from orgasm and organism. So he actually invented a machine called an orgone accumulator in what? which you would sit inside this machine and it would pull sexual energy from the world around you. You would just play Aerosmith and, videos. That was it. And it would- <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, podcast over. Perfect joke right there. <laughs> That's it. 
sit in a room for four hours getting on my orgon. But so they would, he had this thing called an orgon and he would like harness sexual energy with it. And he basically like was saying, hey, if you sit in this, it's going to collect enough sex energy and it can like cure cancer. He actually brought one to Einstein. Einstein did some experiments with it. They talked to a professor in Oregon who had one is like, listen, I know this machine doesn't do jack shit, but my wife sits in this thing for four hours a day and it increases her sexual energy. So I think it's great. So they brought the Oregon to Oregon. If you guys, if you guys get some big boxes as a male with my picture inside, you guys know that's it's a Rob. You could put that towel up. It's a Rob Oregon collector. Um, but he he wrote a book called The Function of the Orgasm, which I think is great. And yeah, so that's it. Just wanted to say the that's, word orgasm a bunch on the podcast. Over under was four. You made it. All right, <laughs> you did it. That's then no more saying orgasm. All right, so let's talk. Uh, listen, no more orgasm. Did you guys hear that Eddie Money uh, was in jail for a little bit? And I was like, free money. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's Berkeley's good. own Eddie Money. He's dead, though. My understanding is this song was about her growing up poor, right? And her mom always had this dream of winning the lottery, but she never bought the tickets. Mm-hmm. So when I listened to this at first, I was thinking, it's all about what she would imagining if she were going to do the money. So I was going to do this list about the greatest songs about people trying to get money. And of course, the list was going to be topped with "Cream" by the Wu Tang Clan. Rob, reset the reset the the sign because we've talked Wu Tang Clan again. But okay, I, decided, I rubbed off the sign. I'm in my orgone. I, I, I decided there's been other things in the world happening with people trying to get money. I don't know, Matt. I think you mentioned this the other day. Did you guys follow this whole Reddit thing and people driving up the price of the games, the oh, GameStop yeah. stock? Yeah. I've been trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, have all these huge gains at the expense of these huge hedge, hedge funds that are are short selling and betting against these companies. And so I was thinking about this and I started thinking about GameStop and I was like, I want to know what are the greatest old school Nintendo songs ever? Oh, my God. Oh, yes. So, so instead of doing money songs, we're going to do the greatest Nintendo game songs ever. Because GameStop is, is at it high. I'll tell you what, this was yep. a trip to get to here, but I am excited for this list. And I also know what Rosie thinks of when he thinks about shorting stocks. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Okay, and that's for real, though. That's it. No more. Okay? Rosie, get out of the orgone. We're doing a podcast. All right. Orgasm. So one thing that was cool is my understanding is that all those Nintendo games, those 8-bit games, where a lot of them were these composers that use like a basic Casio keyboard. And so that's kind of the sound you hear. But the first song on the list, one of the greatest Nintendo, old school Nintendo game songs ever, is from Mega Man 2, and this is Dr. Wily, stage one. I feel I feel nervous just listening to this. Like, it was hard to beat these guys. So an interesting thing about this song is this song is played on stage one and stage two of the game because they actually ran out of room on the game to have two different songs. So this is one of the reasons it's kind of very famous, is they... Had to repeat it, use it over and over. But this is pretty badass. It almost sounds like an electric guitar and not a piano, right? This is so good. I mean, some of those songs on Nintendo were just excellent. Aaron, do you know what guy I would always fight first in Mega Man? Woodman? That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Okay, for real. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I would have hit that no matter if you would have said Fireman, Burning Man, whatever. (laughs) Did not matter. Next up on the list is we, we've talked about this before. I, I missed talking to women at a Halloween party once because I was playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out. This has to be one of the greatest Nintendo game songs ever, right? 
Yes. You know what's more pathetic than that is your friend sitting there watching you play Mike Tyson's punch out instead of talking oh, to women. Oh. And that guy was me. Meanwhile, Aaron's there's a lot face going on in, in these compositions, man. So, Aaron, you mentioned what's going on in this composition. It's really interesting. This song actually came from a different song in the 40s and 50s. And it came from a a Gillette shaving commercial, which eventually became this song, this jingle that was used for this sports show called the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports, where they would show like Rocky Marciano what a fucking beating great all name. these people. So wow. if you guys check this out, this is the Gillette commercial that essentially became the the song for this boxing TV show and became the song for Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Check out the old school the the commercial here. You'll hear it. This is so good. Oh, man. Be sharp. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You, oh, you can hear it 100%. That's so good. That's, what was that show? That, what was the show called again? Is this like the Notre Dame fighting it is close. Song? It is called the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports. And so it was this sports That's the show. New name of the like, podcast. They would keep showing yes. Rocky Marciano and all these old school 40s, 50s boxers. And this song was actually once recorded by the Boston Pops Orchestra. That's just outstanding. So good. It's so good. So next up on the list is probably the most famous video game of all time. It's Super Mario Brothers. You guys will know this song for oh, sure. Oh, I thought you were going to say Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> If you put this with the same drums, who doesn't know this song, you'd have a jam. Yeah, if you don't know this song, you you've got to get out of there. This was this was composed by this guy Shigeru Miramoto, and he didn't like composing things, but he liked playing. And what was really cool, a few years ago, he got to play with one of Aaron's favorite bands, The Roots, on The Tonight Show. So, Rob, if you want to pull up Ooh, the composer cool. of that song playing with The Roots on The Tonight Show. With Questlove on the drums? Ah! Oh, yes! Hey, happy 50th birthday, Questlove, just last week. This is Aaron's Orgone device. This is, yeah, this is it. Oh, this is fun stuff. Holy and I, shit. And actually, if you if people go look it up, the Roots play the, the uh, Tecmo, uh, or the they play this song, Super Mario Brothers, at concerts once in a while, and the people just go bonkers oh, for it. So I wonder good. if they do where you go into the pipes. Down with a minute left. People are getting stressed out. You want to talk about irrational stresses. That would be me. It's like. And the number one song in Nintendo game history has to be the Tecmo Bowl theme song. So it's interesting. The, compo- the composer for this song actually went and interviewed for Nintendo, and they heard that he was part of a band. And when they heard about that, they actually hired him to be a composer for a game. And he ended up being the composer for Tecmo Bowl, Ninja Gaiden, if you remember that one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tecmo Super Bowl, and then something called Bad News Baseball. Do you guys remember Bad News Baseball? I remember baseball? Bad News Baseball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was Bad I think News so. Baseball? I couldn't tell you. It was a baseball game. I don't know. You called me. I don't actually remember Bad News Baseball. I just want to look cool, Russell. Come on. I might be confusing with um, baseball. It was like All-Stars Baseball. That was a good one where you could climb the wall to make a catch. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. This this music is so good. I mean, for what they had to make a song sound this good. Hmm. We have all this shit, and this is the podcast we come up with. (laughs) 
the Nintendo the games, the songs, like, these are iconic, right? You could probably yeah. pick Double Dragon. You could pick Tetris or Zelda. There's a dozen more that would be amazing, but th- these are so iconic for people our age, aren't they? I yeah, want to add excellent. on, I think I'm going to put in here the Tetris theme, and you're going to hear it in the background here. God, the Tetris ass. theme is actually interesting because it's kind of a folklore oh. song from this Russian artist. I don't know the name offhand, but it's a famous Russian song that got put right into the Nintendo game for Tetris. You oh. hear it right there, right? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. We love the Tetris theme song. It sounds so good. And I got to say, the Nintendo Switch now has come out with a Tetris game where you play against 98 other people at the same time. And the last one to survive wins. And then they have a Mario game that's the same thing. You play against 34 other people, and every animal you kill goes to the other person. So if you kill Bowser, for example, <laughs> the person you select gets Bowser on their screen. Whatever level they're in, they could be on 1A and be going down that pipe, and all of a sudden Bowser's there. It's so fucking good. Do you think you can identify someone as a serial killer in Tetris if they don't try to get the big four <laughs> Tetrises at once? Like if they just try to do one line at once? Listen, Do you, would, do you think less of people that just try to get one line at once as oh, opposed yeah. to oh, four? So, total psychopaths. But I will tell you, I have watched a lot of people on Twitch playing Tetris competitively, and I have made myself better. I've won like three or four games of Tetris. On, you guys got to see me play Tetris sometimes. It would blow your mind how good I am at Tetris. It's crazy. All right. This is the end of side A, and that brings us to our new segment, Who's Listening to This? So who do you think is listening to this? I am picturing... Uh, uh, I'm going to picture... To this album or to our podcast? <laughs> no, to the podcast I know is just people that are friends with Matt's family. Either way, the answer is... <laughs> Middle-aged women who've got a couple kids and yeah. they're knitting on their couch. Do you pronounce it worse. lemon... Do you pronounce it lemon bars? Then you probably do listen to our podcast. You love it. Bars. Bars. That's to no one in particular. But here's the thing is that who do you think is listening to the album Horses by Patti Smith? I am picturing uh, a current day mom again. This is two moms in a row. So I think this might, might be kind of messed up in the head. <laughs> who used to hang out at the punk scene in New York and now has a 12-year-old son who tells her that she's an idiot anytime she pokes her head out the door and she is listening to this song to kind of go back and think about how much better her life was. So that was a depressing segment. Don't know why I started. Russ, who do you think is listening to this album? I, I think it has to be listeners of Beck Did It Better that probably knit while wearing Beck Did It Better t-shirts. That would be my <laughs> guess is who, who listens to and this And some album. people would say that they saw those people on Instagram and didn't shout them out because they thought they were married to one of the hosts. And that was that person's <laughs> bad, okay? Didn't want to be creepy on Instagram, but now realizes it's actually a stranger. So that's... Uh, <laughs> That's a uh, blame the social media manager who actually is Aaron. Turns out, well, Aaron, who do you think enough. is listening to this album? Uh, well, I'm just going to stick with the depressing theme because I'm thinking of either Jonathan oh. Larson, composer of Rent, Rest in Peace, or the lead singer of Sublime, who I believe has also passed. So those are the people I'm thinking of, and they're neither of them are alive. So just sticking with the depressing theme. There we go, Aaron. Also, that Rambo <laughs> French guy doing? Is he alive? <laughs> I think uh, he's yeah, Matt, also passed. Matt, what are you doing? I, no, that's not I, what I'm asking. What, who do you listen to this album? Doing? We're all well, going. How's it going? Let's start podcast over. and listen to Rosie <laughs> talk about he's, dead people. And he's, bringing he's, it down crepes, again. he's eating crepes <laughs> in the desert with a machine gun that's sitting next to him yeah. right now. He's calling his wife to see where she went after he record, spent all day recording a farting and cake song and said, I can't watch the kids right now. I'm recording this song. Wee oh, wee. Oui, oui. Matt, who's listening to this album? I, I, again, this is probably like a Debbie Downer and I'm not trying to be Downer, but the person I absolutely picture listening to this is that maybe early 50s gal who maybe was probably never married had a few long-term boyfriends doesn't have any kids but is still hanging out at the bar on like wednesday nights 
and right up probably dressed yeah, I was a little say, more do you have scantily. number for Russell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take a probably, like, right probably a little, probably dressed a little too scantily, and just hammered and talking about the good old days and talking about how they met Patty Smith back in 1976 and 75 at the CBGB, mm-hmm. and that and that's what they're and it never got past that. So I'm thinking Frenchman's in Richfield, maybe you know something along those lines. She sounds right up the alley of a guy who's only here to talk about 90s baseball cards today. So I, 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 I'm, I'm up for that. Russ, Russ goes up to her in the barn and goes, have you ever been in an Oregon? <laughs> all right. With so in Oregon. Oregon. An Oregon machine. I have one at my house. Uh, all right. So that was a joke that, that died at the end of a segment that died. All that I came up with. All right. We got Kimberly. Wait, I thought that was a nice segment. This this album horses wrong. did not actually make my book booze and vinyl, so I had to go off the board today. And oh, instead, yes. I'm doing a cocktail called a quarter horse cocktail. Have you guys ever had a quarter horse? I no. Not. It is essentially a Moscow mule with bourbon instead of vodka. Hmm. Quarter horse. Ooh, that's so good be to me. Bourbon and ginger beer. Bourbon, ginger beer, lime. And dashes of non-flavored bitters. Bitters. <laughs> uh, every time I pull the bitters, I do that joke, and my family's like, "What are you talking about?" This <laughs> sounds like the er- this sounds it. like the early new wave, right? Which then came back totally. with like the Strokes and other bands like that. So she's well, just laying the groundwork for so many. When other they people. were at when they were at CBGBs, they actually had that two month residency at the same time as the band Television. Which oh, I don't think I've ever actually heard sense. television, but I assume it sounds like what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't like on that one. But when I started, you guys like Marquee Moon. Yeah, you're you're full of shit. Russell likes Marquee Moon. Uh so guys, have you ever taken a oh. a shit that's so big it won't flush? Break it up. <laughs> I once went into a bat a restaurant in uh the village and there was a big long <laughs> pair of tongs in the bathroom. And then I went back out and I was like, do I tell anybody at my table that there's a huge pair of tongs in the men's room of this restaurant? I did not, but I did take a picture and post it to Facebook. So the people eating with me later saw that picture on Facebook and were like, what the fuck? That was in the bathroom. You didn't tell us. I don't know if I should tell this story. This Aaron might remember this. Our freshman dorm. Oh, the last week yeah. before everyone moved out. Aaron, you know what I'm about to say, right? I do. Yep, I do. There, so everyone was moving out. So all these parents came to the dorm and were picking people up and helping them leave or whatever, packing up their stuff. And some parent took a dump in our floor's bathroom and it wouldn't flush. And it turned into like this whole spectacle. It was like the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. And all these people kept coming in there, staring no. at it, flushing, flushing, and it wouldn't go anywhere. It just sat there like, it, a, bl- like a brick. <laughs> and we're like, hey, break it up! <laughs> and Aaron's so in many... there singing, break it up! Break it up! There's so did many other stories my, to tell. Did I ever tell you my person's... funny dorm story with Jenny? Oh. Where we, you only, I was you taking. Have, you have a funny dorm story. That's it, Jenny. The one. No, no, no. This was this was like four years after college. I was taking a, a graduate course at Hamlin, where I had to go live there for like two weeks and take this intensive physics course to get my license. Jenny was like seven months pregnant. Your physics with license. Our first child. And so I was in this dorm room. So she came at the end of the course. And of course, we were then uh, like on a Sunday or whatever when we were moving out. We were both naked in this bed because it was super hot. Like, you know, we were just lying there in the bed. (laughs) And all of a sudden I hear this noise and it's the handle turning. I'm like, what the hell? And it's an RA and he opens the door and he's bringing the parents on a tour of the dorm. (laughs) And this is the one room he's decided to open. It's me, you know, 
30 years old or whatever on the bed with my super pregnant naked wife. And he goes, and of course he's like 10 years younger than me. You know, he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. We're like leaving. Like, what are you going to do to me? Like, I'm done with the guy. Well, he's the RA. He's going to say, break it up. Break it up. Break it up. I'm like, she's already pregnant. This has already gone too far. Like, there's nothing we can do about this. Like, just, just like Prometheus, she's that RA stood over you guys singing, break it up. <laughs> All right. So now we've got a song that's often mis uh, called Horses over and over. This is a song called Land. Oh, well, this is why it's called Horses. So this much. song is an absolute jam. This totally. is probably one of my favorite songs on this quest. The only problem with it is it it's a 12-minute song or 10-minute song and, and not a four-minute song where it's just this part of it. Yeah, she's you, really exploring the space. you guys like this space. song or not? Yeah, it's cool the way she's, this whole album, she's pulling in other influences and then sometimes covering things directly. And, you know, Wilson, Wilson Pickett or who else? Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's combining this from a, a character, Johnny, from the book Wild Boys by Burroughs. You guys probably don't know that because you're a bunch of dumb shits. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, well, you... Just read Rambo. I'm reading Burroughs, but you know, who knows? But she's singing about like the Watusi. This is this hit yeah. from like the 60s, and she's singing about right. Johnny Go, Johnny Go. That's Johnny Be Good. That's Chuck Berry. She's referring, she's referring to all these amazing, you know, rock and roll artists, right? Right. She knew her shit. Yeah. She was a student of, of music, right? And I gotta say, I hate to talk about the Carol King album again, but this really illustrates the difference between this Patty Smith and the Carol King album. I mean, this this album is like textured and layers and it's like you never know what you're getting with the next song it's really interesting it's a two minute song it's a 10 minute song yeah. and yeah yeah like it's am i going to listen to this album a ton after this probably not but you can see why this album's on the list like it's super influential i, I just think it's, it's so interesting yeah the sound is way more fun you're right it made me think i wonder if beck's ever done songs about horses before and it turns out that he has and check out this song this was iron horse beck did this in 2011 and I think he created it for this show. You guys remember Hell on Wheels? No. No. It was an AMC show, and this is part of the Hell on Wheels intro, but this is Beck doing his version of Horses, if Beck's you will. done everything, guys. We pick, like, the number one guy to do a podcast, like, with his name right, in the title. He's done everything. absolutely everything. And it's yeah, a, We're it's so a smart. jam. It's a good song, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. So when it comes to songs about horses that are less than 10 minutes long, who does it better? <laughs> Beck, Beck does better. it better. I should probably have a drop where I say that instead of, you know, guys, we're, all, we're to the last song, and I've noticed that somebody has been pretty darn quiet. A little quiet. Hey, Matt, what are you doing in there? <laughs> Why is it so quiet? It's time to get Matt's opinion on the album. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just great timing again because we're going to play the last song and then we're going to go to our. <laughs> we're going to hear Matt twice within 12 minutes. It's going to yeah. be Matt already did all the work, man. He wrote the opener. Famous, he wrote the uh, rating system where, you know, I could have just given my opinion there, but okay, I'll give it here. I think, and I heard this and I'm stealing this from the jazz uh, docuseries that I watched, that there are artists who um, they make albums because they're great live. But then there's also artists who have to play live because they make great albums. Does that make sense? Oh, so yeah. So there's people who are great at right. playing live, right? And so then you you got an album and they don't they could care less about the album. And and so 
I don't know. Then you got people who are so good at creating albums that you know the, the demands there to have a concert, so then they go, but they're not that great live. So I personally think like uh, the Killers, they make great albums, not so great live. So with this, I think Patti Smith was so great live, and this is how I, I, this is my interpretation. I don't know that when I'm listening to these songs, I'm trying to picture like hearing them at the CBGB, and like mm-hmm. I just I don't think the album can do it justice. You know, I don't think that the um, the, the production quality is there yeah. to make it that. And so, while I think I, I completely respect and understand Patti Smith's uh, place in life, you know, the, the album just, it's not all that great to me because I just, I think it would be so much better to hear her live and at the CBG. And so, again, I can't do that. Um, I guess we could go see her sometime now, but back in this, in this time. So I don't know. I, I just, the album, it's kind of all over the place to me. And you know, the songs, they are, it's like sampling 9,000 things at one and bringing it in and making it's, it's own, uh, it's own sound, which is great. And it's kind of that 1970s New York sound. Um, so overall, I mean, it's great. And I think it's great. It's just, it's so wild to me. And it's so, it's, it's hard to kind of wrangle it in to say like, this is a great album album, if that makes sense. Okay, we'll save that all for after the segment two. <laughs> that was that smart Ooh, I mean, it does. It, it definitely, you're, so you're 100% right. Man. Yeah, it's so smart. It, it makes you feel like, God, if I could be in New York on a sweaty yeah. night uh, where it was like cold outside but sweaty inside in February 1974 where this album hasn't come out yet and she plays some rockers and then she breaks it down to do Birdland and it's slow and it's intense and Maybe you go get a drink and then you, th- you think like, oh my God, what did she just say? Like totally the, the live experience would have been next level. You know, what would also be fun if you come to New York is to sit in my apartment on a Friday night and crush a tall boy of Bud Black Cherry <laughs> Seltzer. Okay. And not realize that that is actually quite a bit of alcohol to have in the very late night time. So that's a cool thing you can do in New York too. And wait until Saturday night when it's drag bingo night. All right. So just go right downstairs to the Dwayne Reed and grab yourself a Bud Seltzer. Matt had mentioned her, Patty Smith, as a live performer. And a really interesting thing, I didn't get to this and Beck did it better, but did you get, so when Tom Petty died, the Heartbreakers, the band, the first concert they ever did as a band was kind of a, a charity event. And the people that sang with them were Beck and Patty Smith. And when you oh. listen to Patty Smith performing live with the Heartbreakers, it is really, really badass. It, it gives you chills. So, when Matt's talking about her live performances, people need to go check out Patty Smith playing live because of because of the night with the Heartbreakers, and it is badass. Well, guess nice. what, Russell? As much as I hate to do this to myself in the future, sorry, Rob, future Rob, fuck you, as I've done for the last <laughs> four years. Uh, you're going to hear that song in the background right now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get, uh, you know, my kid the other day came up to me and said, Dad, how do I spell leg? And I was like, oh, L-E-G. Elegy. All right. So <laughs> before we do that, though, I want to play this clip from Jimi Hendrix. Are you experienced? Mm. Which is coming up, by the way, in a couple albums. Can't wait. Listen to the lyrics. So this song, Elegy, was actually a uh, kind of a, a, a song to these these musicians who had just who had died four years before Jimi Hendrix. I mean, that's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Is that they're pulling in, she's pulling in this stuff from all over the place on this album. I mean, it's incredible. 
Yeah, she's really sort of in tune with, she's vibrating with the universe and just bringing in ideas from everywhere. It's really, really impressive. It's sad. It's or sad. Much. What a way to end the album. Listen to this. I mean, this is, these <laughs> yeah. are literally the last notes of the album right here. I got a fucking Maroni. I don't think she said fucking Maroni in the song, but I thought that was a good way to end. I oh. headed off to Lawrence Maroney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get my sandwich with bologna. After a touchdown, he does the twist. <laughs> and my favorite pizza has pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to go with a different way with the pepperonis, but yeah, I that's I'd right. Keep it above board. Oh, this. oh wow. Yeah. This is why we don't let Matt talk in the second half of the podcast. Yeah. And we know what happened last time we talked about pepperoni. That's why I'm going to start calling him a penis. All right. So oh. Let's get into everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> I keep forgetting that's in this and sting. Everybody's favorite part of the show. Who did you, who did you uh, pull to make sure that this was everybody's favorite? Rating system. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I pulled everybody in my apartment, and yeah. uh, it was, well, 25%. That's kind of everybody. It was like by age, too. I, I weighted it by age <laughs> and by if you're a guy. All right, so all the guys in my apartment love this segment. They think it's great. So let's get into the rating system. Is Here's the rating system, and this is very simple. Now, I listened to my rating system from last week. I made it a little complicated, so I'm going to simplify it for you. Oh. Is this rolling well-toned? That means that this album should be 26 on the list. It's the 26th greatest album of all time. Is that good? Is it, Was it well-toned? It's just where it should be. It should be at 26. Did this album get rolling boned on this list? Okay. It shouldn't be 26. It should be 25, 24. So it should actually be higher up on the list, which is a lower number. But if you are reading the list vertical, it's higher up. But as I've stated before, the Rolling Stone list actually goes down on their website because it's probably the worst website in the entire history of the internet. Uh, or is this album a rolling groan? You didn't like hearing it. It shouldn't be 26. It should be 27 or below. What do we think about Horses by Patti Smith? Russell, what do you think? This was an interesting album. I think for me, when I listened to it, I really enjoyed parts of it, and I really disliked parts of it. To me, it was the high, It had the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. There were some songs that I, I really enjoyed. The opening song, Gloria, was awesome. Redondo Beach was fun. I liked part of that horses song, but there's 10 minutes where I can't handle some of it. So to me, there were too many highs, too many lows. So I'm going to say it is slightly rolling grown, but it's there are pretty awesome parts. So I'll say slightly rolling grown. Uh, Matt, I'm not going to forget about you this time. Uh, what do you think? Is this a rolling well toned? That means it's right where it should be. Is it a rolling boned? It means that it's is it in the wrong place or is it a rolling grow? And that also means it's in the wrong place. Cause I confused myself. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, how do I talk about this album? You know, there's artists and I'm taking this from the jazz oh my uh, God. series. I listen to <laughs> that. You know, there's artists this who is a good play bit. live because they've got good <laughs> albums. Mm-hmm. But you know, Matt, what I've noticed other, too is that there's, 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 there's other artists, artists who have albums because they play live. Because I wasn't they listening. They play live, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. I, I, you know, this this one's hard because it goes with the, uh, you know, how do you judge this against uh, Amy Winehouse versus D'Angelo versus Wu-Tang? You know, I don't know. So I kind of put it against the... Um, monstrous female artists of the era if you will and i don't think they refer to themselves as the monstrous female artists well they were putting out bangers so let's just say that so i think patty smith not helping your cause (laughs) well let's just say 
I'm trying to think of something else. Yeah. I was trying to keep going down that road, but okay, I'll take the hint. Rosie. <laughs> I mean, monstrous bangers. It's That's like, what I'm going to start calling my penis. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's it though. Yeah. So I, you know, I think I certainly enjoyed this album better than Carol King's tapestry. Um, so, you know, so I'd put it ahead of that, but where does it fit? I, I'm just going to go uh, pretty neutral here and say it was well rolling, well toned. I mean, it feels like it's a, you know, top 50 album of all time. And so in the grand scheme of things, I think it's, it's probably slotted pretty darn well. So I'm going to go rolling well toned. Aaron, what do you think? This is another album that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to listen to much, if at all, after we discuss it, but I'm really intrigued by it and its existence is important and i'm with matt it this inspired too many people to not be where it is and so i'm gonna give my rating knowing full well that i'm about to give a rolling bone to about 10 albums in the next 25 but i'm gonna call this one rolling well toned and i'm not gonna be called out for which ones i would have uh, put over the top of this one when i start rolling boning the rest of the albums in the top 35 Oh, I promised myself I wouldn't play the sound clip again, but that rolling bone was just so tempting. But you know what? I'm a new Rob. I'm turning over a new leaf. New okay. Rob. He's a new Rob. The Bud Seltzer is starting to wear off, and I've realized mistakes I've made in the past. All right. So I'm going to give this a rolling poem, okay? Because I have decided you guys have inspired me. I am going to write some poetry, and I'm going to get famous. <clears throat> play some poetry music in the background. There once was a man in Manhattan who made poetry whose poetry he wanted to happen. He took his sweet time and he made up some rhyme. He was saving up his energy from orgasms. <laughs> Isn't that just a limerick? It's not really a poem. Combine that, that shit with uh, sitting on the dock think, of the bay. You've got a Patty Smith album. Boom. Count it. Thank <laughs> you. That was a haiku. That was haiku. I'm going to put that with dock of the bay. Oh my God, that's going to sound so good. That was a, not a haiku, first of all. It was a limerick. Second of all, it's poetry, okay? Rob, Have I you guys ever read Rambone? I'm not going to allow you to be the poet on my next dating app. I'm taking it back. You're not being my poet. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I've never actually heard of this album. The next album we have coming up is somebody <laughs> called the Wu Tang Clan, and it's Enter the Wu Tang. Guys, I have to make. I have to make. I have to admit something again. I have never heard any songs by the Wu Tang, and I've never oh, heard this album. Love it. You're so once ride, again, you're love it. I just hope there's not too many like sexual references or things that are going to make me laugh in there. <laughs> When you want to hear about the greatest album of all time. terrible way to end the podcast. God, that was dumb as shit when I said that. <laughs> oh, I just don't want to hear about Let me murmur something dumb into the microphone. That's the end of the podcast. What a fucking summary of this goddamn piece of shit. You're the main host. I'm going to do my Beck did it better. I have to admit, this whole time I was so disappointed. Aaron's Davenport of Love. I thought for sure his final ranking would be about how it knows how to pony and do the rolling bony Maroney. Oh. <laughs> Aaron's got a small dick. That's what I'm going to start calling oh. the penis. All right. <laughs> Rob's right. How dare, <laughs> how dare someone else try to get in there with an ending joke.